This is a modern world. Modern rock for Cincinnati and Dayton 97X with Modern World from the Jam. The Bears and Rock Lobster from the B-52s got it all kicked off. Coming up in a few hours, it's Request the X tonight, Saturday night, from 6 to midnight with our own Mr. K. Should be a great time. Give Mr. K your request, and he'll play him for you here at 513-523-4114 or 863-5665 if you're Dave. calling from Cincinnati. Yeah. Dave, Dave, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but uh-huh. there is no you got request. You uh, 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 Actually, I probably could come up with one. Pretty quickly. Right. But no, there is no more Request the X. Yeah, 97X is no more. And we just do a podcast about the station. And you can find it on 97XBAM.com. You can email us at 97XWOXY at gmail.com. But no more Request the X. But it's kind of bittersweet that you mentioned Mr. K on Request the X. Of course, Mr. K, longtime DJ at 97X, later went on to work in the Cincinnati market at WEBN and the fox and he did uh, sadly pass away way too soon also in the band big in iowa i can't forget to mention that but let's talk to a few folks about their mr k memories one quick story where uh, i ran into him one night at the balcony sitting there at the bar we were chatting a little bit and then he says well got to get to work and he gets up and he walks over to the stage and picks up a guitar and starts playing (laughs) i had no idea so i thought that was funny my uh, my my interview with Jetson, um, I showed up in a seersucker suit. Figured I'd had to get fancy. Uh, got the job. Actually, I got three jobs in one day uh, at when I interviewed at Waxy. I also got a record of Looney, a job at Looney T Birds and Evie's, uh, all on the same day. So, uh, and I was just hired for Saturday overnights. 305 an hour i think minimum wage was at that time right about then that but it was i was on walking on clouds and i so i went into uh it was afternoon drive and i started to do some on-air training um board train board training and mr k looks at me and he goes you got to take that suit off i'm not going to train you with that suit on (laughs) (laughs) so i had to go grab my clothes from the car and change um and then i had to find a place to live and mr k this is the type of person he is, says, live with me until, just live with me until, uh, until you find a place. So I probably lived with him for three to five weeks in Hamilton, along with, um, who's that engineer friend of his, Bake? Doug Walker, Gonzo. Gonzo, thank you, who uh, painted his toenails and drank, and drank Jenny Cream Ale all day. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, but those were uh, uh, those were my first two uh, memories of Mr. K, who will obviously then always hold a dear place uh, in my heart for being so. Uh, he didn't even know he never knew me. It just opened up his life to me, and, I, and it was beautiful. Yeah, that's the way Mr. K was. I I had known Ken since the days of Y97, and you guys don't remember this, but that was WOXY back in the 70s uh, when Isn't I first it OXR? started. Huh. Wasn't it OXR? No, right? I, it was WOXY. It was owned by Rick Stone. And it was Y97, a top 40 automated station. And when I first started, I was, I was going somewhere and had to go back to work. And I remember on the radio, I heard about the Who concert. And I got to the station and I got a call from Mr. K. Hey, I'm all right. Everything's good. He was going to the show. 
and just let me know that everything was all right. Ken went to Hamilton High School, worked in radio there, worked for us then, and and just always did an amazing job. And the thing I will always remember about Ken, and I'm sure that some of his family or somebody has his little black book or Rolodex or whatever he used, because this guy would spend four hours on the air doing a show and probably three hours and 55 minutes of it would be on the phone calling everybody that he knew just to make sure they're okay. Hey, how's it going? He'd put down the phone, do a break, finish the break and get right back on the phone. And so you never could call in a request to Mr. K because the phone was always lit up and, you know, it just, uh, a shame of what happened to him. And I, I miss him to this day. And I know so many other people do, but, you know, he went on to great things uh, later on and, you know, and you know, just, you know, just one of those great individuals that you come across in the radio business and, and really uh, one of those guys that, that this job is all about. I remember um, one thing about uh, Julie, she went by Jay on the air and when he came back, when whatever happened at uh, J Corps at the time, and he came right. back to 97X for a while and said, I'll do overnights. Uh, so Jay was on. I don't know why I was in um, in there uh, that late. You were getting off work, off your shift, Jay or uh-huh. Julie, and Kay was coming on. And he goes, hey, this works out pretty good. Jay, Kay. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was... It was very convenient. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, yeah, I do miss that guy. He had some great stories, and he was always on the phone. But as Bake mentioned, he went on to work for the J-Core stations, I think did some work at WEBN, as well as yeah. the Fox. And then uh, reference Julie, you referenced when he left the bar and picked up a guitar and went on stage, his, his band Big in Iowa, which had some uh, decent success. I mean, not just local or regional, but they did get picked up, I think, signed by a label in Germany and, and, and had decent success where they could tour overseas for a little bit. All right, 97X trivia question for everybody in the room. What was Mr. K's first band with Danny Crash, who was the uh, program director at the time? Go ahead, D. Chem Dine. Chem Dine, absolutely correct. And the hit single? Black Concert T-shirt. Black Concert T-shirt, absolutely correct. Did you get that song? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that the, the, the Hamilton Mafia, we call it, because, you, that's <laughs> it, you know, like like Dan Reed, and Mr. K, Bret Hart's, yeah. you know, that same. Uh, oh, Bret Hart's, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's ha- Hamilton High School had a teacher that did like AV stuff. So they would record yeah. a show, uh, you know, like a almost like a Today Show type thing and, mm-hmm. and just very involved. And it was became a pipeline to 97X, a bunch of kids really from Hamilton High school, I think Rob Irvin uh, went there yeah. as well, you know, would wind up at 97X because they could pick up the signal and they were well trained on how to run a board and, and you know, speak in a microphone. I am Elizabeth Cannon. Um, yes, best known for being a founding member of the Mr. K fan club. And I'm Wendy Dorn, the co-founder of the Mr. K fan club, along with the lovely and talented Elizabeth Cannon with whom I was very good friends in high school, where it all started. Tell us more about that. So how, okay, you know, like you 
obviously started a fan club for a reason. And I think, Elizabeth, you were the first one to tune in to 97X. Is that correct? Well, now you're going way back. Um, I can't quite remember. Wendy's memory is probably better on, on all things uh, a long time ago. But, yeah, I do remember somehow getting acquainted with 97X. Um, you know, I really, really was into music and, and really liked alternative music. And so, yeah, somehow we discovered this radio station. Um, but I don't remember who told me about it or how we found out about it. But we listened and we used to, you know, just love the selection of music and um, just thought Mr. K was funny. And he would, you know, we'd call in and take, you know, he'd take requests and he'd play them and he would just make a lot of, you know, jokes. And, um, you know, so we just kept calling on, kept calling and um, just thought he was really, really funny. Yeah. And, and to, to elaborate on that a bit, I, I, I am pretty certain that out of our friend group, Elizabeth was definitely the one who discovered 97X, don't know how, but there is, there is this excitement of, hey, there's this radio station and, and they're so small that when you call in to be the 10th caller for giveaways, they're giving away coupons to McDonald's, <laughs> things like that. But, you know, that was also back in the day of um, Frank Evie yes. and having the, the, the Frank Evie advertisements and we just thought it was hilarious he was just like this regular guy on the street hi i'm frank evie and i've got a store that i want to sell you my stuff and you know they were probably doing coupon giveaways for for evies as well so i mean we found that was hilarious but also just the music that the station was playing you couldn't hear anywhere else I mean, I'm sure they were the first ones to play U2, et cetera, et cetera, before, you know, U2 was mega enormous. And and there was all that excitement surrounding that. And Mr. K was the, out of all of the the DJs on at the time. And, and you know, we were, I remember we were, kind of cracking up about Robin Plan as well and and Planet X and you know we thought she was pretty pretty interesting but yeah Mr. K was the one we would call on Saturday nights and and he would just like he liked talking to you and like joking around and we just sort of made a habit of it and you know being 15 14 15 years old or so and staying up to listen to like the midnight to 4 a.m. shift when everybody else in our house had gone to bed. And of course, this was before cell phones. So there was this certain amount of stealth to sneak down the hallway and call on the phone to talk to this guy on the radio and trying to be as quiet as possible while we were cracking up at the jokes that he was making. And then We'd finish the call and yeah, I'd go back down the hall to my bedroom and the radio was on and then he'd play the song we just requested three minutes ago. It was unbelievable. We just got such a kick out of it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think it was about Mr. K that made you guys gravitate towards him? It's more than just playing the requests. Well, he was real. Uh... 
he would just joke about us. So we were Catholic schoolgirls. We went, you know, wore uniforms and he just thought that was hilarious. And he kind of, you know, jokingly sort of made fun of us, sort of not. But he and he had that, you know, such an infectious laugh that, you know, he would make some joke and then just cackle, laugh, laugh, laugh. So we just, you know, we got a kick out of it. We thought, oh, this is like a celebrity. And he's, you know, he knows our names and he would say something on the, you know, maybe on his show. Oh, when do you just, you know, get, and he'd play Catholic schoolgirls rule or something like that. You know, <laughs> he, um, we just really, really thought he was very, very funny. And he was just, you know, he was just kind of like, you know, kind as well. He'd remember things about us or I don't know, you know, ask about things. But um, so, yeah, we just we really got a kick out of him. And then, you know, eventually met him um, and, you know, just thought he was a, a real friendly, kind guy. He ended up, you know, I ended up going to Miami of Ohio. And so, um, you know, I got to know him better during that time. And we me and my roommate would go out and watch his, you know, Kim Dine, go see the band at the at, you know, the townie bars up in Oxford. Um, so, you know, just over the years, got to know him as a, a you know, as a, a real friend and, um, yeah, just, just always found him to be very, very funny and, and kind. So when did and, you, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth and I were, are both the oldest children in our families. Both of us have a, have a younger sister. And I remember at one point in time, sort of during during the um, the friendship in the fan club, that uh, Elizabeth, I think, was the one to say, you know, it's almost like it, the two of us not having an older sibling or a big brother. It was almost like a big brother kind of friendship that we yeah. had with him. And it is true; he would remember stuff about us and. Uh, you know, when you're that age and you're going through all your teenage angst that just feels so cliche now, but it's so intense and real at the time you're going through it. And I know that I would have nights where I was like in the middle of something that was tearing me up in knots and I would call him up, you know, ostensibly to ask for a song, but really because I just needed somebody to make me laugh. But I would call him and he would say, you know, oh, how's it going? And I would probably like vent out anything that was bothering me about some boy I had a crush on or something or some some friend, frenemy who was pissing me off that week. And he would and he would just kind of take it all in stride. It, it, it was funny. It was like he he it was like he really cared and really enjoyed talking to us. And I think he was just the kind of person who who liked people and he liked to talk. And it wasn't somebody who liked to talk just to hear the sound of his own voice. He liked to talk because I think he took a genuine, authentic interest in whoever it was. And yes, there was the whole Catholic school girls angle for sure that he just, he, he found it hilarious. At some point you did say, Hey, we're going to turn this into the official Mr. K fan club, right? Yeah. Well, you know, we figured he he's earned it. He deserves to have his own fan club. So did you print up cards? What'd you do? We I think we something. designed, uh, yeah, uh, some sort of a a poster. Didn't you find something, Wendy? I don't I know. I'm not... something. The, the big thing I was, I've been spending all afternoon digging through all of my archives looking for. And by the way, this is this all going to be backwards, but I found things like this. 
I have oh, a t-shirt. Nice. I have that t-shirt. You have this t-shirt. I still have that t-shirt somewhere, but I'm finding like all the old bumper stickers and oh, things. Wow. But the thing I was really looking for that I absolutely could not find was a copy of what we collectively as the fan club, meaning mainly me and Elizabeth, and there were like maybe a couple of other people at school who were kind of in on Kaylee Good, right? Um, <laughs> she was an honorary member. But what we what we decided to do for Christmas in the Christmas card that we sent to Mr. K was we composed a customized version of the night before Christmas. And I really, really wanted to find all of the text to this. Not that I would have read the entire thing to you. But so what happened was we, we called it Santa K and it started off was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not the creature was stirring with not even a mouse, but went on to be customized for 97X type details, such as the children are nestled all snug in their beds while visions of planet X danced in their heads. And, and so like, by the time we get to the name of the reindeer, he's calling out now Dasher, now Dancer, now Jesser, now Baker. And I can't remember what they all were, but it was pretty, we found it pretty hilarious. But the thing that absolutely blew our minds was we sent it into them and we figured this, we, we had no aspirations of this actually going anywhere. It was just like this funny thing that we sent him, right? But they got it. And this is the time that like he was working with Matt Harris on the afternoon shift. Matt Harris got a hold of this thing and set it all with this beatbox rap in the background and turned it into the Santa K song recording that they started playing in regular rotation. <laughs> we absolutely could not believe it. I guarantee I have some cassettes. I have, I have it on a cassette somewhere. So we like taped, you know, taped it listening to the radio. That's funny. And I still hear, you know, Wendy from, you know, that was his, his, his on-air partner at WBN. She'll still post. I'm Facebook friends with her. She'll still post, you know, oh, it was, you know, however many years ago that he died. And, you know, he just made a big impact on a lot of people. So, yeah, that was definitely very, very sad. Proof of that was that memorial service. I, the amount of people that were there blew me away. But he was that kind of guy. Uh, you hear people talk about all the time. He just took an interest in you. And he was always on the phone. I couldn't imagine him today. It would have been stuck to his head. Um, it was, I mean, he was on the air. Uh, it's been mentioned before. Steve Baker brought it up that, you know, he would do his break and then get back onto the phone and talk again. I was at the Guns N' Roses show at the Nutter Center in Dayton, and there's it's blaring. There's a bank of pay phones. I walk by to go to the restroom, and there is Mr. K on the phone, Ken, talking to somebody, waves at me, gives me the thumbs up, and I'm like, who can he be talking to during a Guns N' Roses show? Probably Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean. He'd he check in. Yeah. I think he liked to talk. And I, I just like you said, he'd you'd be on the phone with him and he'd be like, hold on a second. He'd have to go change the record or do whatever it was. And then he'd come back. I just think, yeah, he was, you know, he was entertained by talking to everyone instead of just sitting at the station, you know, overnight by himself. He liked uh, just talking to everybody. 
Okay, now, Mr. K, what uh, what kind of shows do you do? Do you have any special I'm shows? Doing, um, I just do the I do the request show. I do the Saturday night party from uh, twelve to six on Saturday night. I work two to seven Friday night. I'm just doing uh, I'm doing the weekend thing right now because um, you know it's it's just it's just perfect. Late night radio is perfect for me because. Uh, the kind of people that call and stuff, they're all crazy, and I, we have yeah. a great time, you know. I encourage people, you know, when they call my show, to, to be maniacs. I just encourage them to be nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's and that's what we do, you know. Saturday night party, it's what it's all about. You know, right. you got to be a wild man. you got to be right. crazy. you got to party. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole thing. Am I going to get you in trouble for saying all this stuff? No, no. I don't, oh, okay. We do well, the same thing when we're on. I don't, don't want to, you know, like, I don't want to think people be calling up thinking I'm promoting, you know, derelict behavior. I don't want them to think. No, we like it. That's the same way. We like derelict behavior. This is great, man. We like it. We like it when John and I are on. Uh, we get a lot of strange callers, and it's fun. That's why I like it too. Oh, well, you should be on it's late just, nights. You think strange? You should hear this. Yeah, stuff. heavy breathers and everything. It's, I mean, it's fantastic. We've it's had some heavy breathers. Ninety-seven. <laughs> two things you need to know. Uh -huh. I'm the king, and number two is look out, man! Look at that! They're coming at you. You see that? It's called karate, man. And only two kinds of people know it: the Chinese and the king. One of them is me. From the, from the big bush.